Hey folks, today's podcast is brought to you by the National Association for the Development of Coalitions that are going to determine once and for all what the hell is wrong with Bree Hillen. Scientists have been trying to figure this out for years. Now we have an organization devoted just to this. For events coming up, we do have some spots left for the April 1st through the 3rd seminar, but only a few, so don't delay if you're considering that. After that will be June 3rd through the 5th, and then August 12th through the 14th. For events held in Starting Strength Gyms, we do have a squat and deadlift camp on May 21st in Starting Strength Boston, so check that out. And then finally, our first ever lift shoot fight camp, April 30th to May 1st. That is being held in Wichita Falls. That's going to cover, obviously, lifting, shooting, and fighting, and hosted by none other than Nick Dolce de Leche. Speaking of Starting Strength Gyms, we are continuing to add spots to the map, but we do need talent to fill those spots. So if you're interested in becoming a coach, make certain that you head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, check out the coaching tab, fill out the form, get your name on the list with Anna Capel so that you can be best good friends with her. Just talk about pizza and beer and dogs and you'll be fine. Uh, And she'll give you the rundown on what it takes to become a coach. We are still continuing to look for talent. Also, if you are interested in just finding out what's going on with Starting Strength Gyms, Head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. You can see what we have on the list. Or if you're interested in maybe potentially opening a gym, you can fill out that form and talk to my good frenemy, Luke. I can't pronounce his last name. And now without further ado, hold your nose and pretend that you like listening to Ray Gillenwater on the Starting Strength Gyms podcast. Okay, I'm here with Ina Koppel. She's the head of recruiting for Starting Strength Gyms. We're going to talk to you today about getting a coaching job at a starting strength gym. So if you're not interested in coaching at a gym sometime now or in the future, this may not be that interesting to you. Um, Ina, thanks for the time. Thank you. But I I beg to differ. I think we're a lot of fun and we're worth listening to either way. We're disagreeing on our first sentence. All right, we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Uh, Ina, let's start with talking about um, who a starting strength coach is, or, or better yet, who an ideal candidate is for a starting strength coach. Can you define that for us? Yeah, an ideal candidate is someone who has had experience with uh, someone who's had experience with starting strength. Uh, They've done the program themselves. Um, They have followed starting strength for a period of time enough to know that uh, this is a worthwhile program um, and that's the, the best way to get strong. It's somebody who feels that they can't live without the barbell in their life, that it's an essential tool to to being uh, healthy and fit and strong and emotionally well. It's somebody who started uh, examining the material further, diving deeper into the starting strength material, purchased the books, read uh, practical programming, starting strength third edition, somebody who is following us on YouTube, and you know, started to become familiar with the coaches, um, the starting strength company, maybe attended a seminar, someone that realizes, you know what? Not only do I like doing this myself, but also uh, I'm interested in, in practicing with my family members and people I care about. Yep. So you've, you've probably had, what, several hundred people inquire so far about coaching at a gym? Oh yeah, we're well on our way to having 500 people reach out to me about becoming coaches specifically, um, and, and also becoming apprentices. What, what are the commonalities among these people? What, what are the traits that they share? What, what stage of life are they in? What, what kind of stuff like that? So, um, actually it's interesting to see that people are in different stages of life. Uh, we have uh, young people who are in college or graduating and realizing that what they signed up for in college isn't going to produce a job for them, certainly not a career that they're going to value. They know that when they get out, they're going to get a temporary job, just try to make money and then figure it out from there. So um, I'm speaking to a lot of people who are in physical fitness, who want to be gym teachers, strength coaches, uh, kids in their 20s. And uh, as of recently, and really recently, I mean in the past year, since COVID has displaced so many people from their jobs, uh, the COVID restrictions, I'm getting a lot of people who are uh, 30, 40, 50, and who are looking to make a career change. 
But uh, what they all have in common is that they have realized something that we all have is that we had a lot more potential physically um, and that the barbell helped them unlock them, that potential. And since it has, now they realize, you know, maybe I'm capable of bigger things. You know, maybe I'm capable of going out on my own and I don't need to work for these places that are, you know, going to be putting these constraints on me. Maybe I'm capable of being on my own as a coach and pursuing a career. And that can really be a job for me. And that can be a full future. And they're super enthusiastic when they see starting strength gyms coming to their cities because it's kind of solidifies what they believed in. I would think that a lot of people who were personal trainers in the old fitness industry and now maybe out of a job or are dealing with uh, a whole mess of restrictions and rules at their job are probably yeah. chomping at the bit to, uh, to make a change. Are you getting any of those people inquiring? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of people who are uh, frustrated because they're forced to compromise what they do on the gym floor in exchange for sales. Uh, their people are quitting. Uh, they're going to virtual fitness because they, they lack the skill of um, barbell training or really teaching it to people. And so, you know, they've got to sell memberships to people and the gym wants them on machines or, um, you know, they're really competing with group fitness classes or an online program because they, they're not exclusively training strength. And so they're doing the basic things that someone else can get in, in a boot camp. And so now, you know, they're walking around a gym that's half empty. And every time there's a spike in COVID, people get freaked out uh, and they quit the gym or they take the virtual option. So before where you were working, you know, one-on-one -on -one with someone, now you can stand in front of a Zoom camera and, and teach to 50 people. And those 50 people are being taken away from, you know, personal trainers being pulled out of group fitness classes. And so now the gym's uh, not paying you anymore. It's just, it's just a complete mess. And people realized, you know, there's nothing really special about me as a personal trainer, right? Fitness instructors can do what I do. And they, people can purchase Peloton or hang out on, on some virtual classes and they don't need to come in. Yep. So I think it's fair to say this then, if you are a personal trainer, if you're in the fitness industry currently and you're finding two things or, or one of two things or both, uh, number one, you want to be doing stuff that's effective. So, and you've found that to be starting strength. You believe that starting strength is the thing that makes the most progress for the most amount of people. And you're not able to spend all of your productive time doing that, um, firstly. And then secondly, if you find that, you know, beyond just not being able to coach the stuff that you think is useful, if you can't actually go to work and, and operate in a way that you think makes sense between restrictions and having to sell memberships and all this other stuff, you may want to check out a coaching job at a starting strength gym. Um, cause yeah. that's the way this whole thing was designed. Right. So, uh, you know, we saw this problem in the industry Th this is a, the fitness industry is a sales and marketing industry. It's uh, it's form, um, over function it's image based. Um, it exists to sell people things that, um, they don't necessarily need, but, uh, has appealed to their emotions. And we are the opposite of that in many ways. And, and I wrote an article on startingstrength.com called We Are the Opposite, if you want to check that out. Mm -hmm. But essentially, in our business at Starting Strength Gyms, when you are a coach at one of our gyms, you are more closely aligned to someone in the professional services industry instead of someone in the fitness industry. So what I mean by that, when you hire an accountant, when you hire a lawyer, when you hire a management consultant, these are people that are paid good money for their skill set, for their knowledge, for their experience. Um, and, and their main role is to help you solve a problem. And believe it or not, that is fairly rare in the fitness industry. And, and most people watching this know that to be true, because if I asked you, where would you send your, you know, elderly aunt or grandmother to a fitness facility to make sure they're getting a something that's useful and B, that's applied in a way that's not going to hurt them, you don't really have an answer to that question. So that shows you the state of the industry. And so we're trying to change all that. We're, we're, um, we want to take the brightest, um, most willing, uh, most enthusiastic people that love this stuff, that really enjoy helping people make 
drastic changes to their physical well-being and psychological well-being as a result so that they can come down, work at our gyms, apply the model to anyone that walks in the door, give them an outcome they've never had before, and feel really satisfied about what they've done with their career and what they've done that day. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm glad that you brought up um, the age uh, factor because a lot of the candidates I speak to tell me, you know, I don't have any 55, 50 and over people in my classes or in my group training uh, as a personal trainer and who I really want to work with, you know, and I can be easily replaced by virtual fitness with the younger folks, but um, I want to help people who, who, who need this for their own health and for their well-being. And, and that's what brings me meaning. And I don't have those people in the gym because they're either getting injured doing what I'm, you know, teaching them to do because they haven't been trained properly, or, you know, I'm just being replaced with yoga, walking or running. And people are super frustrated that they went to school for this. And now they are being replaced with something like running or something basic like virtual fitness, because they, it shows that they never really taught them anything at these certifications and, and in these programs. Yeah. They never really distinguish themselves from basic fitness or something you can do online yourself. Yep. And uh, they want a career helping people. Yep. And yeah, when I think about this, it, it occurs to me that there are a few different, I guess you could call them archetypes or profiles of, of people that want to become coaches at, at our gyms. So firstly, we have the ones we spoke about already, which are uh, people that are already in the fitness industry. They ideally know about starting strength because if not, this kind of just looks like everything else on the market, right? Um, and then you have someone who's just started their career in their 20s. They do starting strength as a hobby. They love it. They're really bright. They've got tons of options in life to make good money and do great things. But they've discovered that they actually don't like the thing that they studied in school and they're you know working at a bank or doing whatever and not enjoying it and wanting to make a switch and now they have the option to do that while making some good money and then there's probably the third category which which are people that are uh mid to late career and uh are just kind of burnt out you know um tired of being told what to do with all these new mandates um tired of all these extra rules tired of bureaucracy and uh, have spent their life being diligent about making money putting themselves in a good position and uh, now have some options. So for example, we had a chief legal officer of a, a major Fortune 100 company who was retiring, who wanted to become a coach at one of our gyms before the pandemic. The, the pandemic changed his plans, but um, this is the caliber of people that we're getting. And uh, you know, both are great. If there's a young, hungry, bright guy like Austin that works over at the Boston gym, or mm -hmm. there's a gal uh, who is uh, later in her career and loves teaching like Andrea at the Austin gym, mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's a full gamut of, of people. And, and the, I think the thing that is common amongst them all is that they're, they're all extremely intelligent. They're extremely passionate. They're extremely hardworking, which is, which is mm -hmm. great because without that, mm -hmm. we don't have any meaningful member experience. That, that, that is the value of training at a starting strength gym. The facility is cool. The technology is mm -hmm. cool, but ultimately what the member is paying for is a coach sitting there on the platform with them making sure every rep is perfect and making sure their, their programming is set up in a way that'll mm -hmm. optimally produce the results that they want. Yes. And, and I'm also speaking with a lot of physical therapists and physical therapy assistants who are incredibly frustrated with their jobs. And they went into this to help, you know, people heal uh, and get stronger and they find themselves limited by what's, you know, what's billable. And they no longer want to work for those clinics and uh, they want to incorporate barbell training and they're not able to. And so they want to make those kinds of lateral moves. And, you know, they naturally fall into this, uh, into this coach development because, you know, they already have the anatomy background. Uh, they're familiar with this material and they're just eager for it to make sense. You know, they just uh, have been looking for something that makes sense to them. And when they find it, they're like, God, you know, I've been looking for this. And so they don't even look back, they just go for it. We have a lot of physical therapists who are coaches. Yep. So if there's someone out there listening to this and they're like, this resonates with me, I want to be a coach at a gym. Tell us firstly, what cities have openings now? And keep in mind, this thing will probably publish a month after recording. So the list will be bigger than what we're talking about now. But, mm -hmm. you know, tell us what cities you're looking for coaches in firstly. And then secondly, let's talk about the process of becoming a coach. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, Miami is coming up. Miami's hot. Miami's hiring. And uh, Tampa, we've got, you know, Boston is hiring. We've got Ohio. There are so many places where you can work now. So many gyms coming open that every time I open my computer, I'm excited to see that there's another one uh, up on deck. We just signed and Tulsa. I know. Tulsa. We're looking at Arlington, and, uh, Virginia, Greater DC. Um, mm -hmm. We've got a few other Charlotte. leads that are probably not worth mentioning yet because they're not close to being signed, but we'll announce mm -hmm. when they are. Yeah, but our goal is to be in every major city uh, because there's a demand for starting strength. And so people might, you know, and, and, and in Texas, you know, we just uh, in Texas, we have a large amount um, of openings because uh, Coach Carter will be opening a lot of gyms there and Atlanta. Are we at seven gyms in Texas? Three yeah. in DFW, San Antonio, two in the Houston area, and Austin. So we're at seven. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I know Brent wants to do 10 plus in DFW. So that'll grow. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lots of openings there. And Atlanta's coming up too. Mm -hmm. Yep, Atlanta. So there's a lot of opportunity. And uh, I tell everyone there's never been a better time to become a coach than right now. Basically, to just let Ina know where you want to go. And right. we either have something or there likely will be something in the not too distant mm -hmm. future. By the way, before mm -hmm. we get into how to become a, a coach, I do want to mention that one other demographic that is a really, really good fit for this um, are those that have just left the military or are planning to leave the military because of all mm -hmm. of the military benefits you're able to get through the programs that John Miller SSC has been setting up. Um, so if you are looking to take advantage of your military benefits and you're a huge starting strength fan and you're bright, like our buddy Jacob Pierce, uh, who's going to be coaching at, at Tampa, then uh, get in touch with Ina. Yes, yes, indeed. I've been speaking with a lot of veterans. Awesome. Ina, tell us about how to become a coach. So, so let's say I uh, worked at Gold's, you know, Gold's filed for bankruptcy, uh, my location closed down. Um, I've been trying to make ends meet, um, you know, I'm bright. I've read the books. I've done the program. I love starting strength. Uh, what is the next step to becoming a coach at a gym? So the next step is, uh, you have to do the program yourself. So you have to read the books and, um, look at the uh, videos of how to squat, how to deadlift, how to do the movements, and then start training, put yourself on the LP on the novice linear progression, uh, get yourself strong maximize your results, try to get in front of a starting strength coach for form checks, right? And tend to your own training and your own uh, development as a trainee, get strong and then start to practice let, coaching let me, other people. Let me pause you at getting strong. There's a, there's a really good reason for that. And that is because this is not about the theory. You know, the theory is important, but what's important, what's more important is the practice. Mm -hmm. So you, you cannot help people get stronger doing something that you, you've never done before. You mm -hmm. can't help an intermediate lifter if you've never been an intermediate lifter, or, or at least not very effectively. And also you need to be able to, to walk the walk, right? You, mm -hmm. you, uh, you need to know what it's like to put um, a bunch of weight on your back, have the mm -hmm. fear of God in your heart, not knowing if you can mm -hmm. stand back up or not once you sit down. Um, mm -hmm. You need to have gone through that process so you can take your learnings and distill them into your coaching practice. So this is yeah. this is not one of those things where you can understand the theory and then tell people how to how to do the theory. This is one of those things where you need to become an expert via the experience yes. and then and then convey that to the people that you're trying to help improve the quality of their lives. Correct. I actually spoke with a candidate this morning that asked me. Um, do I have to become an intermediate trainee? Can I apply before that? I said, listen, it's good to get on my radar when you're running your LP, but you know, how are you going to sign up for a prep course and, or teach someone the power clean when you haven't done it yourself because you haven't gotten to that phase of the program? And I said, this is really an applied science. And the way that you internalize this theory is by experiencing it. And, uh, before you put this upon someone else, you have to have gone through this process and, uh, at least experience some of the ups and downs in this before you can be responsible with somebody else. Um, and, you know, people understand. And I think it's a great weaning process, honestly. You know, I can tell by people's numbers. And I'm, of course, you know, when your form isn't perfect and you haven't seen a coach, that can limit what you're doing. But, you know, I can tell by some people's numbers that they're staying comfortable and they haven't really tried. And 
I'll ask them and then, you know, they'll tell me the usual excuses and I'll, and I'll let them know that, you know, you really could benefit from getting in front of a coach, uh, getting some mentoring from a coach and run your LP and get into that intermediate phase and, and see what five by five teaches you. Starting um, strength is a wonderful filtering process because, mm -hmm. uh, at the franchise company, one of our biggest issues is that our vendors don't have the same quality standards that we do. But every single person on this growing team is a diehard and really tries their best and really gives a shit about the quality of their work. And um, the only people we've had trouble with on the internal team, because we have to hire for skill sets that aren't common, which means the likelihood of them having gone through the program is low. Um, these are the people that are the least committed, and these are the people that don't have the same traits as those that have gone through the very difficult process of becoming much stronger than you were. And further, if you have not gone through the novice linear progression, if you haven't actually done starting strength, you don't truly know what you're getting into. You don't know how profound the results are. So you can't possibly be fully bought in. So if you don't put in the effort to go through the program, um, you're not bought in and you actually can't be because you haven't experienced what you have to experience to understand what this program is all about. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have some grit, you know, and that's what this is going to help you uncover, whether you've got the guts for this or not. You know, when you put a heavy bar in your back and pro, you know, your day isn't going perfectly well and you miss a rep, but then you come back and get it, you know, that, that will teach you something about yourself. Or if you have to grind out uh, a heavy set of five, but on the second rep, you're thinking there's no way I'm going to get all five. That does a lot to teach yeah. you about what you're capable of. And you've got to have grit to yeah. be a coach, to go through this experience, to, to work with us and to help trainees through it. You know, you can't wimp out on yourself. You will wimp out on your trainees and deprive them of an opportunity to see what they were really made of. And if you think about it, that makes perfect sense. You know, before you start teaching jujitsu, it's probably good if you learn jujitsu yourself. Um, mm -hmm. you can read books, you can learn the theory and try to tell people what to do based on your theoretical understanding, but mm -hmm. without the experience, it's just not going to be the same. So, same you know, thing with playing piano, whatever technical skill, physical skill you want to learn it, mm -hmm. the same thing applies. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about what happens next. So they've gone through the program, they've read the books, they've demonstrated diligence. What happens after that? Mm -hmm. And then they start coaching other people. And I, and I tell everyone, it's really good for you to coach more than just your family members. You know, try to recruit some people. How much stamina do you have for getting some customers, right? Um, take responsibility by uh, charging for the service, not just free, uh, so that you have to be responsible for the, to these people. I want to see them coach uh, a few people, you know, more than two or three of their family members and, and get these people through their LP. See if you like the skill of coaching. See if you like the interaction between you and your trainee. Can you stand for hours at a time and feel invested and pay attention to someone who's, you know, might be your fourth client of the day and they're coming to you with all of their problems and you've got to turn them around and get them focused on uh, training and, and get them focused not just on training, but on working hard. Uh, are you satisfied with that kind of work? Do you have the patience for it? Does it make you excited? I always tell people that's the next step. And, you know, coaching mom uh, is not enough unless she's really working that LP, you know, you have to, you have to have some customers, you have to have some clients and start coaching other people. And once you have, you'll know if you're ready for the next step, which is signing up for the prep course or applying for the apprenticeship, you know, and that's, and people ask me, you know, what's the difference between becoming a starting strength coach independently, if I don't have a gym near me and becoming a coach for the gyms. And I said, you know, the beginning phase is the same in terms of reading the material, doing the workouts yourself, practicing with other people. But that's when, you know, there's that fork in the road where, you know, you might have, it would take you a long period of time to accumulate the volume of trainees that you need to prepare yourself for the platform where at a starting strength gym, once you land the apprenticeship, you have access to not just a volume of trainees, but a variety of trainees. And so for instance, I have strength and conditioning um, young coaches who are struggling 
because they have the same type of trainee, right? It's athletes, it's young kids from college and they're not getting the experience they need. So once you've coached a variety of people and you know that you love this, that this is all you can think about all day and you can't wait to watch another video on it, you can't wait to solve a problem with your trainee, it's time to apply for the apprenticeship. Yep, yep. I think this is distinctly different than the standard education process in this country in an important way. You could go to school for four years and have no idea what your job will actually be like. So what you're suggesting here is, you know, before you spend too much time getting invested in this process, why don't you prove to yourself firstly that you can speak passionately and intelligently enough about starting strength to get someone interested in being yes. your trainee, even if it's free, and ideally someone that's not in your family, so you can have that experience of helping a stranger or someone you don't know as well as a, as a family member. Um, and then you can, you can try what it's like to be a coach. You know, you can, uh, you can actually go through the process of getting that person on board and testing um, what, it, what it means to do this for a living every single day. And, um, and if you happen to like it and you find it rewarding and you're learning, then this might be something for you. You might want to get in touch with Ina. So, so before we get any further, how do people get in touch with you? They can go to startingstrengthgyms.com and check out the tab, uh, become a coach, coach at a gym. And then there'll be some information uh, that we're talking about here, as well as a form. And once you fill out the form, you'll get an email from me. It's funny because a lot of people who are going through the process now of finding work are always surprised that they get a phone call back from us. They said generally in the fitness industry, you know, they don't get calls back or it'll be months later from someone that doesn't care or it's not a real person or they'll get some auto-generated emails and they're like, wow, oh, they're taken aback, you know, and then we just have a regular conversation and they're like thrilled because, you know, the thing that they love the most is actually real and there's someone on the other side who's talking about this just like they want to hear, you know, and how they speak about it. That's and, because uh, uh, we're, we're not looking for $15 an hour disposable temp employees. You know, right. this is not a, yeah. a high quantity, low quality recruiting process. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. This is a high quality, low quantity, high touch recruiting process. So okay. Ina will spend time with you. Just make sure you're dedicated and committed and this is what you want and you will get all the investment in the world from us to make sure mm -hmm. you know exactly how to become a coach, how to get started at a gym and then how to become a certified SSC. You get a lot of support. It's 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 far cry from how things started and what we had to do, you know, 10 years ago without the YouTube channel, without this streamlined process, without the online prep course. It was extremely challenging. We had to teach it to ourselves. Uh, I failed for over a year, maybe two years, because the only place I had to learn was the seminar. So I would come watch the seminar, practice by myself, you know, come back and test. And now, this is so much more of an efficient process. Yep. Uh, we've figured this out. Uh, it was tough for me have, too. Um, we've all been through the same thing, yeah. right? When we were doing yeah. this, it was uh, just figure it out. You know, there's just a, uh, there's a black box of information and experience. You've mm -hmm. got to get access to it. You've got to try to apply it to yourself and then try, it, try to apply it to people that you know. And the trial and error is painstaking and takes a long time. Um, yeah. Because you could be doing it wrong for a long time, then get to the seminar and realize, well, I never learned how to correct that. So let me go back and do it. In your own training too, I read the book three times. It was maniacal about all the details. Thought mm -hmm. I had things down pretty well. And I everything was a mess when I went to my first seminar, yes. <laughs> which is a pretty common nothing, experience. Nothing beats getting having a coach, which is still true for us today, being coaches ourselves. We always call on one another for help. Uh, and I also, I also tell people who are, you know, on the fence about it, you should go to a starting strength event, like a training camp, um, a squat or deadlift camp that are being held, uh, not just in the gyms, but at affiliate gyms, and also attend a seminar as a regular attendee, not to opt in, but just simply to experience, you know, what this is all about. What I love about the seminar is that it gives you the big picture of, of what starting strength is and what would be expected of you. So, not only do you get to you know hear the lectures and get a picture of what the prep course um, expectations would be, but you also get to be on the platform with you know uh, our starting strength coaches who are also gym owners, some of them. 
and you'll get a lot of feedback there on your own lifting and then also on your ability to deliver cues to someone else. And I think that that's a great place to go to network and to ask questions and to experience both the educational component of this as well as the practical coaching component. You'll learn that coaching is indispensable and crucial no matter how experienced a lifter is. And a perfect example of this is when Stan Efferding went to the San Diego seminar. And Stan is a, a humble guy that enjoys the learning process, which is why he's where he is in life. Um, but he had issues to fix on his squat. You know, Nick Delgadillo fixed his knee slide. So you will learn exactly why coaching is so important and so valuable, which means that you'll learn why this is a real career where you can make real money. I mean, our highest paid coaches in the program that have been doing this for a long time are making upwards of $80,000, $85,000 a year for a 30, 35 hour per week job. Now, are you going to make that immediately when you become an SSC? Of course not, because this is a, a meritocracy and it's all based on your experience and your skill level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what, happens, um, what happens once the prospect does the program, finds people to coach, and then gets in touch with you. So once we're in touch, we, we kind of do a little bit of, you know, um, kind of career development. Uh, we talk about what the next steps would be for them. You know, um, I just have a general conversation, talk about their experience, how they came to this, what their interests are. Some of them ask me about programming with their clients. You know, some are just enthusiastic about coming to meet Rip and they're enthusiastic about the gyms. And I just listen to them tell their story. Um, and I think that they're, they feel very good to hear that someone on the other end has had a similar experience. And so once we've chatted and I really just asked them, like, are you ready? Here's what you will be expected to do. I know you're into this, but now do you have the time in your life for the following, right? If you uh, achieve the apprenticeship, you will be expected to, you know, follow uh, four groups a week, right? These are 90 minute sessions. So you'll have to show up at least four times to the gym. You'll have to also show up for your own training. As soon as you start the prep course, you will, uh, as soon as you start the apprenticeship, you'll be expected to sign up for the prep course. You'll be expected to complete uh, three to four modules um, a, a month, right? Uh, each module might require four hours of study time from you. So I really lay it out for them. And uh, I put the ball back in their court and, um, some people are gung-ho and ready to go, in which case, um, you know, after checking out some of their uh, background info, I might connect them with the gym owner who will do uh, an interview over Zoom or in person if they're local to see if they uh, are candidates for the apprenticeship, you know, and, or I might give them some advice like go back and, and get a little more experience or you're not ready yet, you should go to the gym and, and become a trainee first. You know, some people haven't completed their LP. Um, some people just aren't sure and want to see what the process is like. So sometimes I give them advice to attend a training camp or to coach more people. Um, and some, those who are ready and have been at this for a while and are ready to take on the commitment, will move on to the second phase, which is an interview with the gym owner. What's interesting about this process is that um... It used to be probably a couple of years before you could become a starting strength coach. And now, if you do the program, start seeing people in your own practice and then become an apprentice at a gym. Assuming you started the prep courses right when you began coaching others, there's no reason why you can't become an SSC within six months of, of apprenticing at a starting strength gym. Um, the standard has not changed. Uh, the standard will not change. It probably has a 15% pass rate. It's really difficult. As you've probably heard before from RIP, the seminar is not somewhere you go to get a certificate that indicates that, you know, you have some abilities that you didn't have prior to the weekend because the seminar does not produce coaches. The seminar verifies that you have the skill to become a coach. Mm -hmm. And the way that this is fast-tracked is when you're at a starting strength gym and the sessions are six, seven, eight people deep, and you're seeing a starting strength coach correct these people in real time and program for these people, the number of questions that are answered that you previously had to wait to get answered uh, is so much higher, and the pace of that learning and that iteration is so much faster 
you can actually become a, a le legitimate starting strength coach in, in six months if you're that dedicated to it. And mm -hmm. you need to be because if you're going to be an apprentice, if you're going to be a coach of any type at one of our gyms, the standard is starting strength coach. So you are either a starting strength coach or you are on your way to becoming a starting strength coach. We don't have any room in our standards for quality for people that are comfortable where they're at if they're not already an SSC. Yeah, and many people are um, mostly familiar with an apprenticeship being um, some sort of you know, internship where they follow people around or they just check off that they showed up that day. Maybe they grab some lunch or offer some coffee or they just hang out and watch and then work out together. And I'm like, no, our gyms are not filled with dozens of people just trying to mark something off for a college resume. You know, this is, um, we, we need to make coaches because we're scaling and we're growing. And so the people who are following coaches and learning from them, they're, they're, the goal of the coach is to help make them a coach. And so the apprentice assigned to the SSC is not just somebody that's there, you know, to hold his pen for him or something. It's somebody that he's actively mentoring because we want him to become a coach as soon as he can. And so all the attention from, from that SSC is, is going, all that attention and, and enthusiasm is going to making you a coach and getting you a career. Um, we don't accept people to just wander. And I, I've had people ask me, can I just watch? Can I sit in the back? No, really, no. You know, the quality of the gym, the experience, member experience is highly controlled. Uh, we're very focused on their training and them getting everything they need. And the coaching is very valued. And the person with the with the coach is, is directly, you know, an understudy. Yep. So we, we don't we don't mess around with that kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't fill the gym. With well, just people who are just watching. We can't. There's no. There's no room. Um, and and uh, you know, members are paying anywhere from twenty-eight to thirty-five dollars per session to train under the guidance of a coach, which is inexpensive per session because it's you know the same price as a spin class. But if you're doing the program and you're doing it three times a week, um, that's three hundred and fifteen to four hundred and fifty-five dollars a month, depending on the city. This is a premium retail experience. We can't just have people hanging out in the gym um, trying to get a free education. What Instead, what we want are people that are dedicated, that are bright, have great personalities, that are in the gym so they can learn as quickly as possible and have plans for a future career with starting strength gyms. You, you really have to, val you have to really understand the gravity of what you're taking on. You know, coming into these gyms are people who are bringing their parents and grandparents in, they entrust them to you. So you owe it to them to be your best, to learn and ask questions, to really take full advantage of the apprenticeship and to prepare yourself as best as you can for it. And, and one of the personality traits that I look for in people is their ability to take feedback um, it's not enough to be humble. You can't be defensive. Everyone is so afraid to be wrong nowadays, you know, to be called out on social media. People are so afraid to not know that it almost inhibits their learning. And one of the wonderful things about the starting strength environment is that it's all about learning from your mistakes as a trainee and also as an apprentice. Yep. And so you have to be able to take feedback in order to progress swiftly in this process. And the people who are coming to you are entrusting you with their own well-being and with their family's well-being. And they assume that you're doing your work, that you're stepping up to the task and that you're taking this as seriously as they do. So you really have to be a grown-up. And I know that's crazy to say, but you know, you can't apply if you're just looking to be some dude walking around the gym who's, you know looking to do something else and starting strength or not fully committed to this. This is a very serious training environment and there's nothing like it in the industry. So they don't really have a reference for it. Yeah. And by grown up, you're not referring to age, you're referring to maturity. You know, you need to have the maturity yeah. to know what your gaps are, to know what you need to work on, to be, uh, to be honest and open enough to say, I don't know. And to certainly not be the apprentice that shows up on day one and starts, uh, cueing an SSC's trainee without permission because the apprentice noticed something that the SSC missed, there's probably a reason why the SSC didn't fix the thing that you noticed because he's working on more important stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
Canada gets in touch with you. They uh, land an apprenticeship. And then what happens from there? How do they progress in their career to becoming a coach that can run group training sessions on their own and then on to becoming an SSC? So once they've started their apprenticeship and they've been assigned to the coach uh, that's working the shift that they've been assigned, uh, they'll start following. They'll sign up for the prep course and begin the prep course. In the prep course, they will have a mentor who's a starting strength coach assigned to them to help them get through the modules. Um, this isn't the kind of online course where you just you know, pass, fail, and move on to the next thing. The starting strength coach who's your mentor wants to make sure that you understand the material before they release the next module. You'll be participating in a um, online school, a Slack uh, school, where there's different channels for different lifts and programming and injury and also for socialization. It's a, it's a great community and many of the students attend seminars together, interact with one another. The benefit of the course is that not only do you uh, present your trainees and have an opportunity to get feedback on them, but you also get to see more people move by watching other people's video submission of their trainees. So um, as you become more capable and more talented and start to see more things, you might be you know, most of the way done with a prep course or halfway through. And if you've gotten a lot of hours on the gym floor and you've done your due diligence, you might be ready to test out on the platform at a starting strength seminar. Uh, and that's where you opt in to be uh, reviewed as a coach. So, you know, there are people who attend the seminar just for their own knowledge and they don't have plans to be a coach, but those who do will opt in and get feedback on their coaching ability and the way they're applying cues. And they'll go home and they'll either pass the platform or receive information on how they can improve uh, their coaching skills uh, for the next time. And once you complete the prep course and you've passed <coughs> the platform, you can um, you know, take your oral, oral board. And uh, that's usually around six months into the start of your process. And uh, if you fail at any of those points and you need to try again, that might put off um, you know, when you complete your credential, when you're credentialed. But within a year, everyone's getting it done. And once you're able to demonstrate that you can coach groups, that you can get people moving in line with the model and, and your coach is satisfied with your progress, you can also start working in the capacity of running groups as a coach yourself, even prior to getting that SSC. Yep, you can run group training sessions if the SSC in your gym signs off on your ability to coach on the platform as well as he can. One thing about the uh, prep course is it's like a college course in some ways, and it's unlike a college course in other ways. So it's like a college course in that you have to take it seriously. It's dense, you know, physiology, anatomy, biology, physics. Um, but it's different. And by the way, you have to dedicate time to it, just like you would a college course. But it's different from a college course in that this is not the kind of thing where you can do as little as possible, half-ass it, guess, um, make stuff up uh, the way I got through college, basically. Uh, is not how you get through the prep course. <laughs> like you, you know, I, I, I got a degree because I felt a degree was just a bare necessity of being a professional, and it, it was when I was growing up. I did not get a degree because I cared about the subject matter or because I cared about going to school. I did it because I had to. Um, if you treat the prep course like that, you, you will be less successful and you may fail versus if you treat the prep course as this is actually useful information that I need to know, not only to get my credential, but if I know, then I'll be a, a more performant coach. I'll be better at my job if I have a deep understanding of this stuff. So it is, it is, uh, there is no BSing your way through this process. You either demonstrate that you have the abilities of a starting strength coach on the, on the platform at a seminar, and then also demonstrate you have the understanding of a starting strength coach during the oral board, or you don't, and there's no way to fake it. You have to be all in because your writing assignments will reflect if you're trying to cut corners or not, and they won't release the next module to you if you haven't shown that you understand the material. Um, you really have to be committed to this, and this has to be something that you're driving towards to get done right now. This is for people who are certain 
that they want a career in coaching and they're just thrilled that there's an opportunity in front of them. And now this is the process to it, right? You're, you have everything in front of you now. You have a coach who's invested in you. He or she is spending their time working really hard to mentor you on the gym floor. And then you have a coach in the prep course who uh, at the same time is helping you break down the material and learn it. And really it's a collaborative effort and the two run together. Um, and if you're serious about this, you'll get the most out of it. Uh, and if you cut corners, you'll just drag your feet and, um, you know, you'll no longer be an acceptable candidate. Yep. Yep. A few things worth mentioning. So as you're going through this process, your head coach at your gym will be assisting you in going through the process of learning what you need to know to be a successful coach and to get your credential, which are the same thing, of course. Um, so that's worth mentioning. The other thing worth mentioning is that um, Andrew Lewis, SSC, is the person on our team that supports the head coaches through that process. So before you get an apprenticeship at a gym, Ina is your main point of contact. And then once you start, um, Ina is still there to support you. She's going to be keeping an eye on your career and where you want to go and how you're progressing. But Andrew will be helping you via your head coach get through the process successfully. And then when it comes time to... Um, get promoted, move to the next level, uh, expand to a gym that the gym owner is opening as a, as a second or third location, that will happen internally. Um, or if you become a starting strength coach and are looking to move after you get uh, sign off from the gym owner, of course, you can get in touch with Ina and she can help you figure out what the next step is from there. Mm -hmm. And Andrew and I work together um, on, on each candidate. So for instance, I was at the weekend seminar and you know, I'm observing all of our candidates testing out. And one of them wasn't able to pass the platform because he didn't have enough experience um, coaching. And that's fine. You know, I give Andrew a call. I let him know what this person needs. He immediately gets on the call with the candidate and, and uh, the gym owner if he's involved. And they start to make a plan for, you know, for, the, for this candidate to succeed next time. So you really have this, this, these guidance counselors around you who are invested in you. We're invested in you. We know what's happening in your life. We know how your training is going. We stay in touch and we'll get you the support that you need to be successful. And all you have to do is just take that next step and, and do what's, what's being suggested that you do. You have to really give a shit. You know, when, uh, when I give new franchise owners training on how to hire people and some management tips, one of the main messages I have is you should be looking for people with both the skill and the will. The skill doesn't necessarily have to be skill coaching because that can be learned. It can just be skill interacting with people because that's really important. You can be the best coach in the world and if you're shit at interacting with people, um, you're probably not a good fit for working at one of our gyms unless you're Mark Ripito because then you've got the book and everyone knows you. But without that notoriety, um, you have to uh, you have to be friendly. Rip is a one in a, in a million. So. Right, right. Um, yes, but 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 I was also you know I didn't uh, go to school to study sciences and I was a social worker and I was good with people and uh, learning all of the physics and science and anatomy was difficult for me. What made it easier was that it's applied to movement and I was good at observing movement and I was in fitness um, and. The only reason that I didn't quit is because I just don't quit. So I have, you know, whether it's good or bad, I'm stubborn, but I also didn't let failing get to me. You know, sure, it frustrated me when I failed, but I realized if I was honest with myself, it was because I didn't study the material enough or I didn't ask for help when I didn't understand it. But I had the desire to do this. It meant something to me. And I realized that I was gonna have to change as a person and I was gonna to have to get over myself uh, in order to really benefit from this. And so you have to be comfortable making mistakes and you have to have the desire for this. Like Ray says, you really have to be all in. And if you can, and if you can just get through this process and if you can grow from it and learn uh, as, as personally, you will have a dream job. This is a dream job. I tell people like almost 10 years later and I'm still involved in starting strength and that's because I love it and I see it impact people's lives before it was helping my clients get better and grandparents get stronger. And it's very satisfying when people come to you and say, you know, you've changed my life. 
but now it's on a bigger scale. Now, you know, we're helping the gyms grow and we're bringing starting strength to all of these communities. And you become part of this, you know, this beautiful process that is, is bringing people the ability to have a job doing what they love, bringing people the ability to train in, in a facility that's designed around starting strength. You're part of something bigger, this big ecosystem of people who give a damn people who are honest and invested and people who are always working on themselves. And the teammanship here is, is like nothing else. When I speak to um, people from the military, they said that what stands out to them is that starting strength is like a brotherhood and they miss being part of a brotherhood. And that's the first thing that attracts them to it. And that's exactly what we are. Yeah, the one thread that, uh is woven between all the people involved in this thing is um, is the will, you know. So I mentioned skill and will. Will is what you said. It's not being able to quit. It's never quitting. And you demonstrate that when you're going through your LP. You demonstrate that when you have to find your own people to coach. You demonstrate that when you go to the seminar and maybe don't pass, right? If you don't pass and you give up, um, then you don't have the, the level of will. You don't want this enough. So if you if you want it badly and you have the intellect and you have the personality, then that's that's the trifecta that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, back to your point about this being a hell of a job, Ina. Uh, just to just to give more detail on what Ina means by that, we have SSCs at gyms that work Monday through Friday, four fifteen p.m. to eight forty five p.m. And then maybe they come in on a Saturday for coach development, whatever the schedule is like. But that's that's essentially their schedule, right? Um, they don't show up and have to sit down at a sales desk and push push promotions. They don't have to bring a bunch of equipment, do a bunch of prep. They walk into the gym, and they are valued. They're there for their capability, for their experience and their intellect and their ability to communicate to lifters. They go around the room. They help people get perfect form in line with the model up to their, their personal capability. When their trainees are finishing up, they, they map out their programming for them in our digital logbook app. And then the next group comes in, three groups back to back to back, and then you go home. Uh, that's a pretty damn good job. You know? and it's also a good feeling to know that the business centers around you. You are extremely valuable to our business. And that's not always the case when you're a personal trainer in a global gym, right? You can be replaced. If you're a fitness instructor and you have a big following, you can be replaced now, right? And nothing is stable, but starting strength coach is, is the most important component to our business. And the gym is designed around your ability to coach. And it's designed around the ability uh, of the trainees to have an effective training experience. And so you, you're in a position where you will be respected, where your job is valued, you're valued as a person, and you're doing important work. And that's quite gratifying for people who are coming from an industry that, that really hasn't been very interested in them and uses them just as a sales tool. You know, it's kind of interesting. You have me thinking that the industry is very focused on image, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Um, and, and much of the industry hires based on how genetically gifted you are. You know, we don't, we don't care if you're pretty. <laughs> we, we, we all have our different level of uh, genetic potential. And what we care about is that you've gone through the process to maximize yours, whatever that is, right? So uh, we're not interested in the trick of hiring a college kid that looks great because they're 22 um, and they were born with good genetics, and then they can use that to demonstrate to people, hey, if you just do these silly things that don't actually work, you might look like me. That's not the, that's not the game we're playing. Well, I've actually had candidates who um, have applied and said, like, listen, because I found starting strength, I've finally be, been able to lose weight, heal my injuries, and, you know, I might not look the part now, but I'm in the process of, you know, running these programs, and I'm working with nutrition coach, and you know, and I'm like, hey, man, it's cool. Like, this is this is what we're here for. And so you might not be at your optimal fitness level when you're applying, but you're by the end, you know, you'll be fit and strong and you'll be where you want to be because this process, you know, if you take advantage of it, will get you strong and will change your physique. And starting strength has always been about performance. 
aesthetics is a side and a byproduct of this. And so it's always been about what you can do instead of what you look like, which is why it appeals to women. And it's converted so many women like myself from chasing aesthetics in my workouts to, God damn, I just want to get stronger. And I, and I want, I want to pull heavier weight and I want to progress under the bar. And it was like such a different mindset for me to realize that, you know, I can focus and be driven by what I'm capable of versus what I just looked like. Right. And then I never looked better in my life. And yeah. I was strong and doing starting strength. And, and then you find out you, you had it wrong the whole time that being strong is actually yeah. the thing that makes you look great. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm up, as most people watching know, if you've watched stuff with me in the past, I'm up 85 pounds of body weight. You know, I weigh about mm -hmm. 245 and started this at about 168. You um, look like a different person. 100%. Um, yeah. So, you know, let's, let's wrap up. I want to just make one more point. Think about any other points you want to make, and then we'll close. Um, I want to go back to the uh, apprenticeship process. So if, if you are a professional with a useful skill set that can be applied to these gyms in some way, then that's important to mention to Ina when you're applying for an apprenticeship because mm -hmm. each gym handles apprenticeships differently in the way that hours are managed and the way pay is managed. But if you can come in as an apprentice who can also add value to the gym, so maybe you're just, you've got a great personality, you're awesome working with people, um, you know how to do consultative selling, you know, not pushy selling, just trying to solve problems for people. You can be the person that, that helps out at the open house. Um, if you've got an operations background, you can help with gym ops. If you've got a marketing background, you can help with, with marketing. So gym owners are looking for more skills to round out their own skill sets than just coaching. Coaching is obviously the most important thing, but I mention that because if you have more you can bring to the table, make sure you mention that to Ina because that might be a second aspect of your job that will make the transition smoother for you. Yeah, that's a good point because a lot of the gym owners are looking for specific things. Some have big expansion plans and are looking for people who can help them with operations. And um, some are looking for people who can work with an older demographic. So if you're a physical therapist or you have a PT background, that's great to mention. Some are looking for help with sales. And if you come from a sales background and you're good at working with people, you know, they might invite you into these open houses and give you these opportunities. Some people are teachers. And some of these gym owners are looking for people who can run these training camps for them. Um, and so, you know, all of the things that you, you come with are, are valuable to us and they can help you distinguish yourself from other candidates. Yep. I just want to make one last point about sales. So it's, it's called sales, although... Uh, it's, it, I don't like that word. Um, it's called sales because that's what it actually is, right? You know, having a, a member come in to check out the gym and then signing them up. But we, we explicitly do not allow for direct closing, for example. Um, we're, we're not asking you to push anything on anyone. And if you're, if you're just a coach and you're not doing open houses, this isn't even part of your job uh, because the, the industry has made me that allergic you know, like you can watch the Family Guy clip where Stewie goes into a, a gym and the guy just like, okay, okay, maybe uh, <laughs> you came on a little strong, I think is what Stewie says. So we're not, we're not actually trying to push anything on anyone. We're here. We offer a valuable service. It helps every single person that applies it correctly. The coaches are here to make sure it's applied correctly. If this is what you're after, you know, we can help you achieve your goals. And if it's not, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Well, sales at Starting Strength Gyms is really more of, of informing and educating the person in front of you who wants to understand better about what this is. You know, I didn't come from a sales background, but I, I learned that I had to educate people about what Starting Strength was. And um, that, was a, that was a fun thing for me to do because I was so passionate about it. Um, and people who come and they want to inquire about the gym and why they should join, your role will really be to talk about the program and talk about what they can expect and, and how they'll benefit from it. So I, I guess I'm, I'm talking about sales that way. Exactly, yep. You know, so if people want to get in touch with you, they need to uh, go through their LP, read the books, make sure this is something they really, really want, and then go to ssgyms.com and click on Coach, fill out the mm -hmm. form, and then you'll be in touch. Um, before we close, is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, I think we've covered a lot of it. And of course, there's always a ton of details that, you know, we've, we, I always wish I could talk about this for hours, but um, people ask me, actually ask me why I like my job. 
why I, why I work for Starting Strength, what I like about it, you know, and I've been with Starting Strength for so long and, and worked in so many different capacities that um, the one thing that really ties it all together is that um, I found something that's real, it's truthful, and it brings my life meaning. And so if you're looking for something to, you know, make a difference in your life, with your career, this is it. You're going to find that everyone here is on the up and up, and this is the real deal. You will have to work on yourself. You'll have to be a grown-up. You'll have to take feedback. You'll have to apply yourself to this process because everyone else is bought in and invested in you. And uh, this is one of the greatest jobs that I've ever had, and I love helping people get started in a career that I know is going to bring meaning to their lives. Absolutely. And again, grown-up doesn't necessarily refer to your age because we see people of all different levels of, of maturity, all different ages. So uh, this sure. is for people that are committed. Ina, thanks for your time. We'll do it again. Thanks a lot, Ray. All right, see ya.